All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. And I'm sorry, First Class Richard Spencer, but uh, being that I'm getting ready to retire, I go by Spence. Okay, so he's not retired yet. <laughs> so he's not retired yet. We're definitely going to give him the respect that's, that's due. Number one, I just want to say thank you to Sergeant First Class Spencer and Spence. So, you know, we'll probably gravitate towards Spence before the, <laughs> before the conversation is over with. But uh, Martha, it's great to have you on board as well. Glad to be back. And Spence, let me say to you, thank you for your service. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. I'm a military man, so I've got military men in my family. So I always appreciate your efforts to keep the rest of us safe. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. Now, we are about to get, learn something new uh, from from Sergeant Spencer. Now, I, I, I really have to work on this. So you can correct me. That is okay. I got to work on this one now. I haven't said Sergeant First Class uh, <laughs> in a long time. So, so but, but yeah, we really, we really want to welcome him and, and look forward to what he has to share with us and to share with you as our audience. But before we get started, I would like to ask Spence and, and Martha, to think about a phrase that they heard or used when they were a child that represented old school. Now, I'm going to start it off with one. Mm. I remember, and I thought this past week about something we would say to people when we were serious. I mean, when it was down to where we're giving you that last threat that we're serious. Don't say anything else out of place. So if a person was trying to tell you what to do, and they were like, you will do this, and you will do that. And we would say, no, all I have to do is stay black and die. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I have to do is stay black and die. So when, when you say something like that, it's better, you better step back. You know, we're coming after you after that comment. So I would like to open the floor for Spence and, and Martha to kind of share something that they can just recall off the top of their heads because you know we are unrehearsed. Okay, so the floor is open to any one of you. Well, well Spence, I think you should go. <laughs> oh, oh, I see how it is. You want me to throw mine out there to see if I steal yours? So give me more time. I, I want to know what your phrase is. Uh, um, I, I, I do have a, I do have a couple of phrases. I do know my, uh, my mother used to always tell us, you know, they, they, they wanted to do something, and you know, if we were being hard headed what a case would be. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, Daddy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one. Uh, for me personally, um, my father. Uh, kind of same situation. He would always say, "Keep it up." <laughs> yeah, that, keep it keep up. Keep it up. Three yeah. words. Yep. Yeah, keep when it he up. When he said, "Keep it up," we already knew. Like that was the, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Wow. So you do just by that phrase, right? That's it. Hmm. That's that's all that was needed. I mean, you know, we're little. He's six two. You know, mm -hmm. two hundred forty pounds. He was in the navy, so yeah, we we knew. <laughs> well. I think the one that stands out for me is my mother was four foot ten, mm -hmm. and she had all of these six foot sons. Mm. And she would say, "Try me." Mm. <laughs> She'd just say those two words. You just try me, mm. Mm -mm. okay? And everybody knew when she said "try me," uh, everybody sat down. Yeah, <laughs> because it was no nonsense time then. You know, Absolutely. but I. 
I can remember being the smallest. I was the youngest and the smallest, right? And I would always invariably get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Not because I started it, but because somebody picked on me because I was smaller. Mm. And I ball up my fist and I said, I'm going to cuff you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to cuff you up. <laughs> my brother asked me one day, do you know what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I said, no, but it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And he explained what it really meant. Yeah. And I said, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really cuff you up. I could, I could really use that phrase well. Yeah, you know? yeah. I could put some emphasis behind, behind that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'll cuff you up. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. So here we are this afternoon. I asked Sergeant Spencer to come on board mm-hmm. because I was I was on Fort Moore, which was the, you know it's the former Fort Benning, uh, about a month ago, right? Yes, sir. And about a month ago, I was in the parking lot where I normally stay, while my wife goes into the stores to shop or whatever. I stay in the I stayed in the parking lot. But while I was in the parking lot, I noticed the soldier in uniform and he was he had a grocery cart. When he finished putting putting his groceries in the car, instead of leaving the grocery cart out in the parking lot, he decided to push the grocery cart back to the commissary. Wow. And I I paid attention to it because I've been fighting this battle on Fort Moore for about a year, inquiring about why they don't have a mechanical cart to push those grocery carts because they have manual labor and they have young young people pushing those carts. And and I and I watch them. They can tear a a muscle. They can tear their their shins or anything. You know. Uh, they're Achilles pushing those right. carts. And I just thought it was so amendable to see Sergeant Spencer pushing that cart back up to the commissary. And I, I walked up to him, introduced myself, shared with him how I saw him as a person, mm-hmm. as, a, as a soldier, some value system that he picked up from someone. And I just asked him if he would consider being a guest so that we can hear from him, where did that value come from? So, Sergeant Spencer, I wanna turn the microphone over to you and give you, let you kinda of give a recount of that day and, and kinda of educate us on where, where did that value system come from? Uh, yes, sir, uh, based on that day, uh, I was kinda of in a rush to have my son with me and um, Grabbed the cart from outside. I walked to the commissary, and there was very, very few carts, maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed the cart, went and did my grocery shopping. Uh, on my way out, uh, there was quite a few people in line waiting for carts, mm-hmm. and majority of them were a lot older than I am. Than mm-hmm. I am, I'm 44, so they mm-hmm. were definitely in their 60s. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of, someone didn't think about it, and uh, walked the cart down to the parking lot and unloaded the car and I did push the uh, cart into the little bin thing and then I started going back to the car and something told me to stop and look and so I stopped and looked and there were still no carts up there and some of the same people were still standing there hmm. and I said nah let me go ahead and take it back I mean just I'm, I'm put it back where where I got it so I took the first cart and then uh, on my way up um, there was a second cart and then a third cart and hmm. right before I hit the building there was a major uh, who was walking by a female major and 
uh, out of the blue, she said, you know, look at you, lean from the front, so on and so forth. And I just kind of smiled and said, thank you. I still kind of, you know, I, for me, it wasn't that big a deal. It was just putting stuff back where it belongs. And um, when I put them up there, you know, I, I, I got my little good deed of the day done and uh, had at least three people smile and say thank you. And I said, you know, you're welcome, not a problem. And went back about my business and uh, I got to the car and Mr. Goodman, he was um, standing there and he told me exactly what he told you all. And, um, you know, the, the, the thought process that went through my head was, you know, you, you never know who's looking. That's right. Um, uh, I, I'm, I try to be the best man of God that I can be, um, whether you're out in public or in private. You know, you try to do uh, the right thing at all times, uh, even if it's something simple as, you know, pushing carts back or you return things better, than, at least in the same condition that you received it, if not better. Mm -hmm. so, so that's that's really the basis of it. So where did this value system come from? Is, did you have to develop this value system because of your religious belief, or is this something that was was taught to you? Um, I have a very good uh, foundation. My uh, my father, he was uh, he, did, he was in the Navy for 20 years. Uh, I was born in California, lived all the way up and down the East Coast due to being in the Navy. And my mother was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, mm -hmm. Four siblings, I have uh, three siblings, one older sister, um, three younger brothers. And, um, you know, my father was one of those that he didn't, uh, having three boys, you know, he sacrificed a lot in his uh, career as far as getting on subs and things of that nature to ensure that he was home because he had three boys. And um, with him being home every single night, you know, I, I, I had both parents. My parents uh, were married 40, it would have been 44 years until my mother passed in uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. So um, they were married our entire life. Uh, I had both. Uh, I grew up in the church. I have a couple of reverends uh, who are family members. My father is currently a pastor. Um, so that, that, that solid foundation of you know, respecting others, um, uh, treating others well, uh, doing the right thing, that just easily uh, carried over into the military. Mm -hmm. I grew up military. I had that foundation. And then now I'm in the military pretty much doing the exact same thing, which only solidified everything uh, for the most part that they taught me. Martha, do you have anything to say? Well, I'd like to say, first of all, to commend you for doing that, because as an elder person, I do see that the shopping carts are all over the, the, the place at the shopping mall that it's housed in. So it's always nice to see someone who's kind enough to take that shopping cart and move it closer to the store that allows someone who's older than themselves to not have to walk around that whole uh, mall to get a shopping cart, you know? So thank you for doing that. But it also speaks volumes about your whole family. It speaks volumes about your family's values. And sometimes we miss, we um, miss those values in life because we don't think ahead that we're helping someone else. We've become in this world sometimes more self-serving. And so we don't think about the small act of just moving that cart is something that helps someone else. So thank you for doing that for, you know, I, I, I think it's tremendous, your story about your family and how you grew up. And it speaks volumes to what the character of African-American families can be when they all have a truth that they're working toward and they teach it to their children. 
So it's a legacy that you're displaying, whether you think about it or not. That's something that was ingrained in your family. So thank you for that. Spence, how, how do you reflect on old school when you, when you hear people <laughs> mention old school? What, what kind of things go through your mind? How do you reflect on that? How would you, you know, get someone, how do you get someone to understand your version of old school? My version of old school, um, and I, I'm going to start with uh, kind of discipline. Um, the discipline that we had, me growing up, I'm sure was not as strict as maybe your generation. Mm-hmm. But um, I lived in a day where spankings were a thing. Right. Um, if you if you if you acted up, you got toe up. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was that simple. Um, the parents they were in charge of the discipline, not the schools, not uh, the daycares, not the police. Um, one of my father's thing was definitely that um, he didn't want know the police to be our disciplinarian especially again having three boys Mm -hmm. um and my mother you know she was five uh, i'm sorry she was about 410 411 herself Mm -hmm. but uh she ain't hold no punches either yeah and uh you know when you when you get older you start doing a lot more crazier stuff (laughs) so uh you know it went from you know i i I don't remember the day i do not remember the days of the open hand but i do remember the days of the belt (laughs) i remember some of y'all probably know or don't know depending on who's listening you might or might not know what a switch is (laughs) Um, and then you know when when we got older you know them things you know we're we're solid boys you know we're we're, we're staying fit we play sports and uh belts and switches don't work anymore mm-hmm. so uh, my father being six two sometimes he had a he had to lay hands mm-hmm. and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you like this um they never went overboard and and i understand that's the that's where you know the the, the government tried to protect children from parents going overboard i understand that however there has to be a base on, there's got to be a base, there's got to be a foundation, there has to be um, a way that discipline can be done within the home without government interference as long as it is done in love. And that's, that's what the foundation of our discipline, it was done in love, not out of anger. And I, and I don't think that there's a fine line between discipline and abuse. Mm-hmm. I think there's a broad, yes. a broad line, yes. it's a very deep line between Discipline and abuse. I was disciplined. Mm -hmm. I thank God for that discipline. Absolutely. It allowed me to realize that there was some some responsibility to doing something wrong. There was a repercussion. Yes. And I and I would tell anyone, and I I will say it again today. Every whipping I received, I deserved it. Absolutely. I don't agree with how I got it, (laughs) (laughs) but every one that I received, I deserved it. Yes, sir. And it didn't destroy me. It actually protected me, and it made me who I am today. But I think that we do need to understand. People love to say there's a fine line between the two. We knew the children that were being abused. Yes. We knew mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it felt going in after you got your butt beaten with a belt or a switch didn't represent abuse. Mm-hmm. Abuse is when your father and your mother were busting you aside your head with the ironing, and with the iron. Couldn't go to school the next day because you, you of couldn't it. write. Right. right. So, Martha, what about you? Yeah, I, I'd say that you know, all of it was about training us. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it was really more so a threat sometimes than an actual beating that you got yes you know sometimes 
you know, I know for myself, my mother had a way that she could give a look to us. <laughs> and that's that. She cut her eye. Nobody cuts eyes like black women. Yeah. <laughs> she would cut those little eyes at you, and you knew, uh-oh, if I keep this up when I get home, she's going to own me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see? So I think it was... And I also, you made, as you were talking, Spence, I was thinking about once my my brother, who is really, they're tall, and they're, like you said, they grow up into big, strong, strapping people. And then my mother was in the street and saw my brother do something that she didn't approve of. And she took off, she took her belt and she was... <laughs> Folded her belt and she was gonna beat this. He was a uh, he was already six feet. <laughs> Only oh, six wow. feet. Yeah. Whip him with his belt, right? And a police officer came by and he said, "Ma'am, you can't do that." And she looked at him. And she says, "Better I do it than you do it." Yeah, my mother. You, mm. Yeah, exact that's generation. same thing. Yes, that's old school generation. And size didn't matter, Spence. Mm-hmm. And I marveled because I still can't do what my mother did. At her little tiny four foot ten, she could control six foot men mm-hmm. with a with a look, you know. And she called everybody boy. I had six brothers; everyone was boy. But they knew which one should come to her when she said, "Come here, boy." The mm-hmm. right one came, and they found out the right boy showed up, right? Because they knew. Because they knew they had been. It was a look, or maybe it was the way she said it, but there was something unique about how she handled it. So old school had a lot of things to offer parents as ways of trying to help children learn self-discipline. Because when you think about it, that discipline that they gave us were the tools to be self-disciplined so that when we went out into the world, we didn't cut up and we didn't make a fool of ourselves and we carried our good name. Okay, but, but Spence, by you being our replacement. How <laughs> <laughs> about that? Because we always say, you know, you live long enough, you become your parents. That's but true. you're going to be our replacement. We have to depend on you coming behind us, you becoming the leadership, you becoming the person who's going to pass on the next generation of things. What do you feel that we have lost? What things do you think that are still significant today from old school? Um, I would say one of the things that we've lost is our ability to not be offended so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also believe that we've lost the, uh, the strength and ability to say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strength and ability to say something. Um, you, you can't be afraid. If you see, if you see something that's wrong um, and it's within your purview, um, probably more times than not something needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm speaking specifically from the military aspect. You know, if, if, if someone is out of uniform, if someone's doing something they're not supposed to, don't be afraid to say something. Um, right. If specifically, and I'm just going to say it, you have a lot of females who, who wear their hair a certain way and you know what right looks like. Right. And, but there are a lot of people who are afraid to say something because they could face some sort of uh, accusation of an EO complaint or a shark complaint, so they just kind of let it slide. Well, if you know what the right answer is, uh, you shouldn't be afraid to do that. Mm. Um, one thing that I do believe uh, is still relevant um, today is the, the need to 
have our children uh, be better than us. Hmm. Um, we, we raise them up properly. Um, do I see it on a regular basis? I kind I just go to work and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I turn a blind eye, but um, I I definitely do see and you know, really even in in the local neighborhoods, you know, you have young kids running around cussing up a storm. They're five, six, seven years old, and they're up and down the street just cussing like they grown. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, it you just have to you have to want to teach them to be better than you and teach them to be better than you. You know where you fell short. You know uh, where your weaknesses are. Uh, You strengthen yourself so you can strengthen them, so you can give them that guidance, so you can give them that knowledge. Learn from your mistakes so each generation Mm -hmm. should be getting better. Now, whether or not, you know, it actually is, I mean, it's it's subjective, but Mm -hmm. um, I I would say that we, uh, that we overall, uh, personally, as a nation, we're, we we might be we might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, we might be in a little bit of trouble. Just to be perfectly honest. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that you said, you know, you teach the next generation to be better, because over about thirty years ago, I started the model for my family after starting my genealogy research, mm-hmm. and I did an assessment, and I developed this motto, each generation must do better. And mm-hmm. I preached that to my children. My wife and I, we picked up on that. And that is what we believe in today. Each generation must do better. I used to listen to parents say a lot of times, I struggled, I want you to struggle. I don't want my children to struggle the way I did. Mm-mm. I do feel that they should understand how to deal with serious situations with challenges. I can't protect them from those things. Absolutely. But I don't want them to struggle just because I struggle. Absolutely. I would prefer that they understand the importance of giving, the importance of working hard, the, the importance of, of understanding other people, and all the other things that go, go into it. But I definitely, I laid out for them what I consider to be better. And I, I said, if you accomplished the same things that I accomplished, you didn't make it better. You have to know what I've done, and then you have to say, I'm going to do it better. Yes. So I don't know who wants to add on to this as we begin to close, but let me give you and Martha the opportunity to kind of share about a one-minute thought on what you think or what's on your mind. Well, well I, I think, oh, can go I ahead. go first? Yeah, and, I was going to say, I went first last time, so you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that all of the families wanted, if you look back in time, their children to do better. They always wanted you to have more and to do more and to accomplish more than they did. So I think that's a hallmark of African-American families that they instilled from the time they were freed that the next generation would do better. So go ahead, Spence, you, you oh, okay. add to that. Um, I'm, I'm gonna come at a at somewhat at a slightly different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I, we talk about this on a regular basis. Um, there is a book out there that pretty much has an answer 
um, to any and everything that we can potentially deal with. And um, that, uh, that book is the Bible. Um, yeah. It has the, the basis for pretty much any and all guidance um, when it comes to interacting with others. Um, sure. How to treat others, uh, the respect, um, how to help others and things of that nature. Um, I, I think if we, if we, not even just as a people, but if we as a world in general, um, would just somewhat follow those guidelines, you know, how to treat others. Um, you know, don't cover your neighbor's wife, you know, uh, 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 don't murder, don't steal, don't kill, don't lie, you know, all, all those basic, basic, simple things. Um, they, they turn into something else, uh, which is actually stronger and gets a lot more deep and gets deeper. So we, the generations behind us can uh, get better. So, um, like I said, the the direction I came from. I'm, I'm not a religious person. Uh, person, I'm just a believer. Uh, I have no denomination. Uh, I believe there are entirely too many denominations. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just the words and the way we're supposed to treat others has worked very, very well for me over the course of the last, you know, quite a few years. So I'm, I'm going to stick with what I know, and um, if I can continue to help others and make others smile and ask for nothing in return just to do that good deed for the day, then that's, it, it does something to me when I see others smile for something I did for them just because I could. And mm -hmm. if everyone could do that, I think overall the world would be a better place. Ms. Spence, again, I would like to thank you for coming on board. Now that you're in, you're in for a lifetime. Too easy. So we, we, the door is open for you to always come back. Yes, sir. Uh, Martha, would you please close us out? Well, Spence, thank you for joining us. You were very uh, forceful in your thinking about how we should approach some things in life that we've forgotten to do. So I appreciate your reminding us, us of that. To our listeners, we're going to say, as we always do, we love you. We love you. Love you. And we're always going to tell you, as usual, to be good. Be good. Have all day, every day. <laughs>